Welcome to the commentary for seminar number 30, oh, oh, four, four. Joining me today, the fantastic writers on this show. First up, he's frosty, he's cool, he's Colin Snow. Yo. And the master and commander himself, my boss, the executive producer, Mr. Jeffrey Bridges. Uh, how do you follow up a yo? Colin, you left me with nothing. You just you took the best. <laughs> I tend to do that, I think. I see. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that this episode, of course, is a major plot episode for me to push the season of Seminar's plot, and your show's actually helped me out a little bit with that. Um, even though I do say, Jeffrey, I, after mixing your show and, and listening to it as many times as I wind up doing um, during the course of mixing, I was so depressed I didn't put it in the season finale, but I still think it works here. Uh, it is so freaking cool. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you think so. I thought, I thought you were saying that you were so depressed after listening to my short. I thought that's what you meant. That's why I was laughing. I thought you said it depressed you. No, my short totally depressed them. Ponder those thoughts as we understand... No, and now here's Colin's show, uh, The Dam, yeah. which leads us off this time. Uh, so, yeah. Marcus, what was it like for you uh, putting this together? <laughs> wow, I'm getting questioned on the commentary. This is this is freaky. I don't know if I can handle this. Uh, well, it was, it was kind of tricky. Well, actually, I mean, your script starts out with the words. It doesn't start out with anything before it. I led in with a little bit more to put us deep into this chamber. Um hmm. But where did this story come from for you, Colin? Deep, deep within the recesses of my brain. Oh, basically, it's a combination of different dark uh, comic books and m movies that I've seen. Yeah. That's more or less where it was from. We will win. I can guarantee that. It, now, one thing I did twist in your script is I made uh, the doctor here in this scene, in our opening scene here, as a woman, as opposed to a gentleman that you thought it would be. Um, um, what, it what worked. Um, I was kind of picturing a, uh, oh, what's his face from uh, Superman, though? Um, doctor, what's his name? Jeffrey, help me out here. Anderson? Yes. Really? Yeah. I kind of pictured an Anderson type of scientist, but it works. It works. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, when I was writing this, I kind of thought of a, like it would run as a comic book type, you know, with different little scenes and everything. You know how they would do. Yeah. Oh, in that way that they have. I was just um, <laughs> thinking. <clears throat> yes. um, you see, General. It's late and I'm on medication, so. Entirely. At least I don't think he does. He remembers his first name and. Well, I always encourage medication in anything that I do, especially uh, yeah. commentary. This was really interesting piece to do, and one thing I did is, is in mixing everything in the, in the front half of the show, I mix in a lot of um, background atmosphere. Mm. To give us like this chamber effect, which cuts off later on the show completely. It fades out as the doors close behind him. Now, as we move into a sealed chamber with with David, um, and he named it. There we go. That worked out well for me. <laughs> um, what what was the music that you used behind the scene? I noticed there is a little bit of something. 
Yes, I wanted to keep it very light because I didn't want the music to overtake the scene. Um, like you'll hear in the, in the later half, the music is a little bit louder um, to really build in the the scene a little bit. Um, but th this is just it, it's a it's a it's a background track called um, um, "Too Alive." That felt sort of fit. Not interesting. I didn't know the name of it, but now that I do, yeah, to give it like a military feel, basically. What about this creature? Ah, yes. Sorry. Um, aside from remembering bits of his past, he seems to have. And I just want to say this. Oh, go ahead, Colin. No, no, sir. No, sir. This is your chart. You go. Well, I was going to say, for those of you that probably might not be paying attention, this is the first time I've ever written for seminars, so yay, go me. Well, well done, sir. So what were you going to say, Jeffrey? Oh, I was just going to say that I, I personally find it kind of hilarious that this that his name is David. You know, he's creepy and scary, and he's David. It's just, that kind of cracks me up. Well, see, we could have we could have totally cast uh, David Alt in this role, and then I should have could have gave him his uh, most famous line ever. Oh, I think we we hear that line enough in the show. It belongs. Is there anything else you can tell me, Doctor? Anything else you know about him? You you don't think it would work for uh, the general to be walking in and David go, "Hello, beautiful." Great, just it it might be a little creepy, you know, but. Uh, are you sure you want to do this? I'm not sure of anything anymore. And your thoughts, Marcus? Well, I, I don't. I don't think it would have worked that well. I mean, because I, I like how Jared, how Jared did this. Um, I told mm. I, I, the notes I gave him were, were basic. I, I didn't want a zombie, mm. which, which you would think would be the element of this show. I wanted something a little bit above that. And what he gave me was like this creepy thing that goes from one angle to another in a blink of an eye. He did such a good job with this. He, his, the way he did this is totally matching what I pictured. Um, him and the general. Or, yeah. Yeah, Casey Russell. Uh, this is this is his first show with us. Um, and cool. it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. He didn't actually try out for this role. I, I, I gave him this role because I loved his voice, and I was like, this is the perfect, this is the general voice right here. Um, <laughs> the rest were citizens. You, this can't be true. You're lying, you undead piece of shit. Um, so that's my vote for line of the episode, by the way. You undead piece of shit. Line of the episode right there. My <laughs> arm. I once followed. Now I am the commander in chief, and no one can stop me. What, uh, so Marcus, when you were, or even Jeffrey, when you guys were listening to this and or reading it, um, what was going through your minds about me, particularly? Uh, what was going through my mind was, uh, how did this punk get his script to go before mine in this show. No, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Uh, uh, to be honest, I only just listened to this whole episode the first time, like, uh, 45 minutes ago. I've been so busy and stuff, so, um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts at the moment. You'll have to forgive me. I was actually uh -oh. worried I wouldn't get to listen to it before we got here because I've I've been so busy, so... Mm. It's always fun trying to do a commentary on something you've never heard. That's oh, I don't recommend it. Oh, yeah. Not that I've done that before. No, no, never. No, of course not. Mm -hmm. 
Not Jeffrey, he's perfect. That's mine now. <laughs> yeah, you you sent me a recording of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that on file. <laughs> so, Marcus, uh, what was your thoughts of this particular script? Well, I would admit when I I first got it in my inbox, I was reading it, and I was and I do I do like three or four scans through it even before I send it out for casting, just to get an idea of the character base that I want to pull off in it. Hmm. And I would get like halfway through the script, and I was like, it, it really creeps you. Right around the, the the point where you know the the general's starting to give in, he's you're starting to get a, a bit more of how the, the general believes he's in control throughout most of this, and then finds out he's really not. Which is why this became a part of my control episode of of seminar this year. Um, yeah, I, I like the way that you tied the the two shorts together with that because you know that is a kind of an element of of the script that I wrote too that it's in there sort of layered in um, kind of what it's all about. So I, I I thought that was a really cool thread, common thread to find between the two. Yeah, yeah that was the hard part was 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 finding because I I had several scripts that were on the table at the time and I was like trying to figure out the perfect match and these two just click <laughs> so well. They're, they're both dark in their own different way. Um, and yet, they both bring a totally different personality to the show on both ends of it. Uh, but there was that one connecting thread between them. This one's a, a, a control basis of he, the general thinks he's in physical control. Your show is much more about the, the control between uh, of life and death and of emotion. So it's, it was an and, interesting. And here we go with the uh, with the end plot. Yeah, I forgot to cast this, so that's actually me uncredited. Uh, but. <laughs> Oh, director cameo, putting yourself in your own show now, I see. You're hey, becoming Quentin Tarantino. Episode. Wait till next episode, uh, forget about it, you'll really be in trouble then. Next thing you know, every single uh, seminar Stop short's going to have a diner scene now. in it with people talking about mundane things, you know. <laughs> I, I love his laugh. Tarantino yeah. reference, anyway. Moving on how'd for my bomb how'd, joke. How'd you know about my script? Wait a minute. <laughs> But um, yeah, I love the dude that's the laugh of the dude that's playing David in this. Yeah, that's Jared Grego. Um, I would yeah. say his last name wrong. He'll send me another email. Uh, <laughs> the hard part's figuring out a good gun sound that doesn't sound too overdone, but doesn't sound you know really really bad. And that pop gun was the best one that I could pick out of my collection at the time. What do you use for the chains? Actually, that's that, that's Foley. Um, those are chains being dragged and dropped on my carport. Uh, <laughs> that's dedication, folks. <laughs> you would be amazed. I don't know what my neighbors think of me sometimes when I'm sitting out there with a microphone wrapped in towels. I thought you... I'm pretty sure I, I've, I've gotten a few police police calls on me, you know. I don't know what he's doing over there, but he has a microphone, and he's holding chains, and he's banging on the ground, and... <laughs> Oli gets interesting. I will take all the air out of the room. Yes, in my world, zombies need to breathe. I really like the um the mod that you put on the doctor there with the, the like, over-the-intercom thing. That, that sounded really cool. That's my friend. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do like a standard speaker. No, I wanted to do something because they're, they're in like this huge bass room, so I wanted to give her a big open boom, so I went with a, right. a wider brand. Um. <laughs> I love that scream. 
You know, when I first heard it, I almost thought that you would put in like a version of a Wilhelm or something. It was so so classic. I was just so horrible with that one. I was like, oh god, I had to get a good. Screen. She gave me a. She, that was a screen. A screen actually, Lynn gave me. Um, Very cool. And I, I loved. I'm keeping it actually because you may hear it again. <laughs> She, she may become an effect. I liked it that much. Oh, God. Wait, why are you... No, please don't. I'll do I thought the general totally changes right here. He's, all of a sudden, he goes from being the big shot with the gun to being the guy who's, please don't eat me. <laughs> oh, and now the general's a zombie. Oh, wait. Did I spoil something? I don't know. But that's the end of mine. I did a nice little trip and I did, I did like a nice little classic horror ending note of music. Like power, control. There's Peter Cat once again. He gave me some great takes on all these lines, actually. Even the soul. True control comes and I believe Jeffrey is coming up next. Oh boy! Now this I've been enjoying it. Nobody saw it coming. <laughs> I was just going to say really quick that I've been enjoying Peter as the instructor. He's got a really soothing voice. He's, I could like listen to him talk all day. I don't know what you want from But anyways. I want. All right. All right, Mr. Mr. Bridges, sir. Yes, sir. He requires us to call him sir just in case anybody's wondering. Uh, <laughs> in our contract. It's true. Now, this it's is true. This is much darker than we're used to hearing from you per se. Um, uh, yeah, than normal, I would guess. I, it can get a little dark in, in Kingery sometimes, but yeah, not not quite like this, I don't think. And so where where does this script come from for you? I mean, did did you have, did you have a easy childhood? <laughs> this was a, a short story, actually, that I wrote about uh, seven years ago. And um, last, uh, last year, like in the late summer of of 2009 I think I was going through a bunch of my old stuff and uh, I found it in there with a bunch of my other short stories which are all very similar in tone uh, to this one and I, I I thought I would try you know adapting one of them uh, just to see how it would come out and um, I guess I was you know happy enough with it that I sent it on and um, it was edited by uh, Chris Britton I think and he put it in through into the show don't think I put it into the show I'm not going to edit myself and be like you got to do my script now buddy no, but um, but yeah, uh, Chris uh, edited. Yeah, he did because he had a bunch of good suggestions for me and uh, tweaked it and sent it through. So, but yeah, it's um, I don't know. It was there's a I guess there's a little bit of my personal childhood in it. Nothing like so violent or you know anything like that. But just in that, um, uh, I think I've discussed this a few times in other places. But uh, my father died when I was really young, and it had this like really profound effect on me, and it, and it kind of makes you grow up way too fast, you know, and it wasn't, you know, again, anything like this story it wasn't violent, nobody was murdered, it was nothing like that, but um, it, it was just that concept, I think, that I was initially toying with when I wrote the original short story, was just, um, you know, what, how do different people react to not getting to be a child when you are a child, you know, what, is, what does that do to a person, so uh, that was sort of where the, the whole exploration of, of that came from, I think. I gotta say now, there's, there's been two shows that I've been very nervous about doing. One of them was uh, Teen Terrorism because Susan was in it. And it was the first time working with her. 
Did, that, that made you nervous, really? That made that Susan? just made me nervous. I, I didn't want to screw up a show that Susan was going to be in because you know the 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 the, the hellfire that falls from the sky in the mine hurts. <laughs> she has she has control of the plan. and then and then I get this script. This is Jeffrey Britton by Jeffrey Bridges on. I'm like, oh, wonderful! Now I get to sweat again. Oh, you don't have any reason to sweat. Come on, now I'd only, you know. Have you whipped three or four times? Not like I go a dozen. <laughs> well, see, anything he takes out on you, you could have just taken on on my story. So, <laughs> uh, yours was easy, Con. It was done in like an hour and a half. Jeffrey's took me a month and a, almost two months to pull off. No. Uh. Oh, good lord. <laughs> my apologies. I didn't intend to make that much work for you. Well, I will say Christopher had the really hard job in this because he doesn't normally have a deep voice, and he really pulled this off really well. But I mean, even some of the takes that he gave me were really kind of rough. Uh, he was like tearing up his throat to pull off this voice for us, but he did such a great job. Um, yeah. Off old job. And I will admit with the gatekeeper, I did go like 70s villainish type thing, or, or 70s mm. omnipresent being, I do admit to that. Uh, <laughs> well, I was a little surprised by the echo, but you know, it works, it's okay. Yeah, well, what is to a higher power? Well, it, it's a whole higher power type thing, you know. We, we don't yeah. know where he is um, right. in, in relation to any religious beliefs. And that's what I liked about it. So I wanted to give he, – he, he's being talked down to for the most part. And so that's how you want that imagery. You get that echo, that, that reverberation. That gives you a little bit more of a higher power type speaking going on. I think it also might depend on, on how you look at it, because I think you could interpret some of the things he says as kind of condescending, or you can interpret some of the things he says as kind of, um, you know, trying to gently prod along somebody who's been severely traumatized. And so I, I was trying to kind of, you know, walk the line between the two, and that's kind of, you know, where it played up to in the ending, where you don't know exactly which way Jeb ends up going. But I mean, I think it's kind of clear if if you if you're paying enough attention, I think you can figure out, uh, you know, which door he's going through. But but I wanted to leave it a little vague. Hmm. That's what I do like you. You do leave it. it the The ending is very much an open an open to interpretation type situation. Right. Um, which is why I go down to to perspective later on in the show also. Um, but, well, yeah, well, something like, like, you know, the events in the story, which is also, you know, tied into what, what I was trying to go for, is that if you look at it one way, you know, you could get it. You could see it as this horrible, horrible thing, and Jeb's a horrible person, and, you know, he should go to hell, and he should be in prison or whatever. But then you could look at it the other way, and you could be like, well, he's also, you know, kind of a victim, and he's been traumatized. And so I wanted to kind of play it, you know, both ways. Not that I would, you know, say anyone should condone, you know, anything that happens in this this thing. It's horrible. No, don't even listen to it, folks. Go away. Uh, <laughs> but, um, well, no, then you'd miss all the great acting, and Marcus is fine directing. But... But no, my, my, my hope was that, you know, you could, through the whole thing, I was trying to play both sides and, and show both sides, hopefully. So. And really you do. I mean, this is a different story for me to do, too, since this is the first time I've really done it in seminar where, where it's like an, an overlapping narrative um, yeah. of what's occurring yeah. also. I, I don't. I, I don't think I've ever written an audio script like that before, um, with the exception of Dixie. But that even doesn't even really quite tie in the same way. You know, it's not like a first-person talking thing. And I think a lot of that comes from it having been a prose short story beforehand. That uh, a lot of that was in there, and it was all 
you know, from Jeb's perspective, and it was all inside his head, a lot of it, and there was no way to translate that um, without a little bit of the narration. But at least, you know, you get that as part of his dialogue with the gatekeeper, and it's not just somebody, you know, blandly narrating a story or him thinking to himself in his head or something. Yeah, you get those plot points that are pulled out dur- during the discussion with the gatekeeper and stuff like that. That right. that drives the plot for the most part. But his narratives are just so well written and so really. It was so cool to read. I mean, they, they were they were huge. But and like, like I started feeling bad for Christopher after a while, you know, because I could hear him going. He was falling into yeah, like some, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So there were some big big monologues in there, but he did a good job with them. And and so and then thank you, you know, for the compliment. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed them. I loved reading. I, I I thought it was I was like reading that thing, going, "Oh man, this this is really just, it's it's cool and it's different than what I've done before so far." And I love I love when a script comes in that is different than what I've, I've been dealing with so far in the show, because it, it makes me stretch my perspective of how to do the show, of the right. angles to take and where to put the voices and how to incorporate them. And we go so we go back and forth because I put him when he when he's talking about the past he has that slight past echo that you're used to hearing, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to when we're up with the gatekeeper and when we're talking where he Jeb will just be talking normally basically and so you get that separation of where you're at in the storyline and what you're looking at. Right, actually, I, I think that worked really well for separating uh, between the two because you know when I had written it I didn't even realize that that could get kind of confusing because you have him talking you know, in different like, locations, different time periods or whatever you want to call it. And so, but yeah, setting it off like that really, it made it really, really clear and easy to visualize. So, good job. And this one was also tough to score musically because I really had to change up the music in the background a lot more than I normally do in a show. Um, so you got you got these these multitude of different sequences that have have to have a different feel. So it's like I was trolling my music library for hours one day. Just trying to figure out the music to put in this thing because there's like there's like four, five or six different tracks that run throughout this. I almost got lit. Wow. Um, yeah, because it was just it was a lot of fun just to try to to, to get the music to mix right to to give the right feeling and emotion with it. You never in your life have. Yeah, that's always a tough part when mixing uh, anything, even you know. Um, back when I was directing and stuff, music was always the hardest part uh, for me. And, you know, I, I imagine it's got to be even tougher when you've got shorts like this where you don't even have that much time and it, it, every selection, every music choice and selection you make is, is going to be, like, doubly important because you only have so much time to, t- to tell the story in. So, yeah, I don't I don't envy you your task, sir. I love working with the well, shorts, though. <laughs> what is it like working on different stories uh, all the time rather than, working on one particular show with a certain theme, like Superman or anything like that? Uh, this question again. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I I love Seminar for the basic fact that I do a different show all the time. It's constantly changing. Um, and with, like with these scripts particularly, they they run they run a completely different gambit of storylines. Whereas you have the other one, which, which I you can say I somewhat futurized or militarized heavily, and it's set up in he's in, in a military base. There's a lot going on. Um, whereas this one is much more structured on the narrative, um, and it's much more about the emotion that's in the sequence. So the effects that I'm using in this one is much more about incorporating into what he's saying 
elements occurring around the story. That same damn shotgun from all those years ago. Like with this scene right here, I make when the gunshot goes off, I make her stop crying and everything stop for for about a half a second. Because I want everybody to guess, wonder who should, what, what, who died, right? You know, in that moment. And that kind of stuff actually does work, either in audio or video. And that was um, uh, was that Bernadette playing Mama there? Yeah, that's that Bernadette Groves uh, and Groves. Yeah. yeah, I thought she did a fantastic job, man. I was just, I was, I was a little bit blown away. I thought she was so good. Hmm. Like I tell people, I get hooked on actors and actresses sometimes. So you've heard a lot of Bernadette lately because I'm really hooked on her voice right now. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I do get that way sometimes. But yeah, she did a great job as Mama. She she can she really gets into that vocal vocal just right. I heard her sobbing in the kitchen, calling my name. I ignored her and You know, you know, even listening to it now, though, there's this. Um, I don't even know what to call it. It sounds like there's like this this undertone of uh, like sorrow, sort of that that uh, Christopher put into his lines that, that just really nailed it for me and made it all really, really work. I mean, it, it feels like he really got, you know, where Jeff was coming from and that, you know, he wasn't evil. He was just a really, really, really messed up kid who grew into a really, really, really messed up adult. It's all about a situational thing, but I think, yeah, Christopher really nailed down yeah. the character really well. Um, Oh, it's over. Summer. I'm going to listen to it again because I can. And you can too. All of you right, listen right now, go listen to the show if you haven't already because really you should have listened to it first because you wouldn't hear it over this. Our Stop this commentary and just listen to the show again. Go for it. Prattle, prattle, prattle. That's all we do. Yep. Oh. And there he goes. I want to thank you both for joining me. I appreciate you guys My taking pleasure, the time. Sir. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So we are going to let a writer say goodbye. Jeffrey may or may not ever write for seminar again after what I've done here, tragically. Um, <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed what you did very much. I, I would, you know, uh, you know, if I have time, I might go back. I've got a stack of, like, a bunch more uh, uh, stories that are all dark and creepy like that one. So I might pull some of those out at some point in the future. Ooh, there we go. That'd be cool. So we'll let Colin Snow say goodnight to everybody for us. Good night, everybody. A theme by David Alexander McDonald. Produced by Pendant Productions. Seminar co-created by Catherine Pride and Jeffrey Bridges. Copyright 2010. Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.